always think that this, this, you know, film is helping to continue to build my brand presence, my identity, my name and everything. And it's making the side of the business a lot more streamlined and a lot easier for me to continue into. You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to the story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huber. All right. You're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Patrick Schwarzenegger. How you doing? Doing good, man. I'm in Atlanta right now. You caught me on my lunch break from, from filming, so... Um, lunch that's, why, too. that's why I have this beautiful bronze tan on and, and have the makeup and everything. So <laughs> you didn't do makeup for the podcast? Yeah, we can, you know, we'll, we'll say it's for the film. So, you know, always like to start this off, like, take me back. I assume, you know, came out of the womb, you're immediately investing and acting and like, we're all had your whole life planned out from the beginning, right? <laughs> Since day one. <laughs> Since day one. Perfect. Exactly so yeah, right. where, where, where were you born? I was born in Los Angeles, California, born and raised there my whole life, went to school at USC, got a degree in business and cinematic arts and a minor in theater. And yeah, I've been an LA boy. There was like a moment where I've been in, because I'm in Atlanta for seven and a half months here Uh filming. And I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I was like, if I'm here for seven and a half months, you know, it's half the tax. Maybe I'll move here for a little. And then just every day it rains and pours and it's like 98 <laughs> degrees. And I'm like, I can't wait to get back to LA, dude. I, it's, it's the best. Yeah. No, I love LA too. And it's funny. I've, we've, we both, I'm sure, have so many friends that have moved to Miami and Austin through all this. And it's like, listen, I like visiting both a lot. But there yeah. are times a year where it's like, I have no desire to be anywhere close to either of those places. So. Yeah. But yeah, so you know, obviously you've had a unique upbringing that I'm sure a lot of people would love an insight. And you ended up coming out with a, you know, a very ambitious side of you. So going all the way back, like take me back to early childhood, like what were your interests? How was it, you know, having two rock star parents for lack of a better word? And like, how was that early childhood for you? Were you, you know, trying to follow in your mom or dad's footsteps as an entrepreneur from a young age? Were you, what were you kind of focused on as a kid? Yeah. I mean, I've always, always, always been interested in film and business ever since I was like a kid. I mean, I have photos in my house and my dad's like frames them. He's obsessed with it of, of me running the lemonade stands, you know, when I'm like five and six and it went from lemonade, then it went to lemonade and cookies. And then I had like baseball cards and I had other little, you know, things to sell. And and he got me for my birthday, like one of those, you know, those like miniature cars when you're a kid and you can have like, he got me like a truck one so that in the back of the truck, I could put my table that I had my lemonade stand on. And then I, I, I kind of created this thing called P and D enterprises which was a Patrick's dog walking business. And, and I went through my dad's gated community and walked all their dogs and he had a golf cart. So I attached the dogs to the golf cart and would <laughs> drive them up and stuff that I could just crank dogs out like that. But I've always loved business. Like I've always, always, always loved business. And my dad made it a very like clear point of teaching us kids business at, at a young age. And even with the lemonade stand, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy and, and oh. you know, everyone does it, but it's, you know, how you, how you learn of buying a crystal light packet at the market costs this much and how many cups does it yield? And okay, if you sell it for this versus that, what's the profit? And that's the difference though, is like most people don't actually teach the kids that. I, I mean, I did the lemonade stand and I'll just say like, I've had other entrepreneurial things upbringing, but I just took my mom's lemonade and made lemonade and like, I didn't yeah. have the cost. So learning the cost side of it, that's cool. And that was your dad's doing in terms of the initiative of like, let's understand how this works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then he put me in charge of his, he had a, this uh, bodybuilding competition expo called uh, uh, Arnold Classic, which is like 
you know, for all the entrepreneurs that are in CPG out there, it's like Expo West or East for the bodybuilding for middle America and stuff like that. So it's like we're quest or one bar or yeah. know, life and fitness, all the different equipment. The founder of quest was they, on here too. Tom, Tom was on. Oh the yeah. Podcast. Tom's yeah. Great. So that's where I first met Tom. Tom had a little 10 by 10 photo. I still have a photo of me and Tom like over 10 years ago at his little booth. And so they were there at the Arnold classic. And so my dad had a memorabilia and it was all for charity, but he was like, why don't you run this? And you can do whatever you want with, with my, with my name, with my photos, I'll give you access to anything, but I want to see how you can grow the, uh, you know, raise more money and whatever you raise, I'll give you 10% on the side. All right. Um, and how old are you? And, oh, I started at like 11, maybe. And so one year I did like 10,000 and the next year was like 23,000. Then it was like 50,000 then 75,000. And it got to like six figures in a weekend. And it involved me making a replica Conan sword and making him sign it and sold that for 10 grand. And, and then we did shirts with his name on it. But anyways, it was always just, the point was, it was always developing my, my kind of knowledge and, and, you know, learning the business side of things because they don't teach you any of that stuff in kindergarten through 12th grade and, and let alone in college. I mean, the best experience is putting yourself in immersing in a business. Right. And so it was always, it was always kind of like that. And my dad came from a background with absolutely nothing. I mean, he came to America with like one or $2 to his name and, and, you know, had somebody else sponsor his flight to get out here. So he came from a background with absolutely nothing that he thought motivated him to go make his own name. So he's always been very adamant about not giving us kids, you know, money and not kind of allowing that to make it so that we're not motivated and don't have our own career path and choices that we want to make. And, you know, they're super supportive of whatever direction we want to go but he's very clear of, of not, not giving kind of the hand handouts. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of where the business drive comes from, I guess. And kind of what part did your mom play in everything? And I always ask this just to be clear. It's, I'm just always curious because I think parents have so much to do with who we turn out to be that I'm curious. Yeah, so it's, it's funny because my mom came from the complete opposite background as my dad, but in a very similar teachings, they, they kind of came together for a very similar teaching. And, you know, my mom is from the Shriver Kennedy, you know, her, her uncle was John F. Kennedy, the president, and, and her grandfather started the, you know, the, in Chicago, the commissions exchange place and, so they were extremely, you know, wealthy family and, and they had the same thing of, of, you know, you could either go and donate your life to, to service. So whether that's, you know, going and becoming a politician, like a lot of them did, or you can start a charity and we'll support you from that side. Or if you want to go and work and, and find a career path, you're not getting any money and you're going to have to go and, and do that. So, you know, my grandmother started the Special Olympics with that. And, and like wow. I said, JFK ran for president, so did Robert. F. Kennedy and and my mom decided to go and pursue a career path, which was journalism. And, you know, she was very ambitious as well and, and you know, had a clear path. And during that time, during the, you know, 70s, 80s and, and 90s and stuff like that, you know, female reporters were not the same as they are today, you know, and yeah. she really carved the name out for herself. So I think it's just kind of in our blood of wanting to to carve out your own path and really, you know, to figure out what your passions are and dreams are and to go and, and, and try to do those. Well, I think it's great. I mean, there's, uh, I actually, my dad had told me this, I didn't read this, but apparently the Carnation family requires the kids and the sort of heirs to go work for 10 years before joining the family business in any way. And I think that well, there's just so much fulfillment and education and so many things. Cause like so the age old story is what is it? The grandpa makes it, the kid maintains it and the grandkids squander it all. Like, yeah. 
So part of when you've had success, part of it is teaching your getting, making sure it's sustained generationally by setting a, you know, sort of lineage plan, which it sounds like your great, your ancestors did and your dad is even doing, which is awesome. And so, you know, you start doing these business things with your dad and helping raise money for his charities and doing that. Did you think as like, you know, a teenager, you were going to get into entrepreneurship or what, what were you, or was it acting? Like, where were you gravitating for yeah, so my parents always wanted me to get the education to finish high school, finish college. So yeah. I always had that kind of in my my plans of what I wanted to do. And and I just really loved business. I started my own business in, uh, when I was a seventh grader called Project 360. That was a, a clothing company that used different recycled materials on shirts and wristbands and everything. And and, uh, I know you love business, and I get the impetus to start, but why that? How did that happen? It started because there was this craze around Livestrong bands. Do you remember those uh, Livestrong yeah. bands? And so everybody was wearing Livestrong bands, and I was like, I'm going to make a Livestrong competitor. You know, I'm going to make another <laughs> thing. And, and I made it like twice the size, so it was really big, and you could have big inspirational words on it. And they were going like hotcakes. I mean, I, I was doing like 10,000 in a weekend. You know, and, and I remember one day it was one of the girls on the view wore it and I did sixty sixty three thousand dollars in the day. And so you're uh, really, I was this is in seventh grade. Yeah, and, and I was sitting in my class and I was looking at the computer and I was just like, Holy shit, that is <laughs> insane. And so it just it was a great once again a great learning experience, but clothing wasn't ultimately kind of real that wasn't what I was kind of passionate about, but it was a good learning experience. And so I made some money from that. And then in high school, you know, I wanted to get more involved with business. So I started taking college classes at Santa Monica City College. And then I got part of the money I made from Project 360, along with a loan from my parents with an interest rate and then and invested in, in Blaze Pizza, uh, oh, which was a, a, a company that was starting out as pre-revenue. And it was basically oh. like, we're taking Chipotle what Subway did for sandwiches, Chipotle did for Mexican food, we're doing that for pizzas. And I was like, this is genius. I invested. And, uh, you know, the company grew to 370 stores. It was a massive success. It was a unicorn for me. And in college, I sold out of that. And, and that's kind of once I hit college, that's kind of like when the health and wellness better for you alternative craze really started, right? I mean, we had the vitamin water had sold by was going, you know, we had all these new things that were popping up. And I was like, okay, I just made a lot of money, I need to go and start finding these companies that are doing that these entrepreneurs and individuals that are that are making these companies and and focusing in this better for you health and wellness alternative space. Uh, That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I grew up with. That's what I know, I'm going to go and do that. And then that's, that's where I've been for the last 10 years. And so you've made some great bets that are public, like uh, super coffee. Like, how did you figure out like your methodology of like, this is you've, you've picked really well as someone that frankly, like you're a young guy, I know you've grown up around it, but still a pretty young guy and you've picked really well. Like, where is that? Where did that come in? Like, as you're in college and you're starting to look at investing in companies, like how, what are those criteria? What are those things that you look for and how did you work? It's. I mean, I've had a few few different companies that have exited for multi-hundred million dollar exits, and it's been, you know, amazing. But I mean, I don't have some magical formula. I really just go to where, you know, the types of companies that I, I really think that I would that I would use that customers are looking for that's not currently out there and that entrepreneurs that are running it that I really I think I, I would bet on. So with Super Coffee, I mean, I was a college student. The other guys that were running it were college students. They were on Shark Tank. They didn't get money. And I never tried the product. I was just like, fuck, these guys have so much passion. And 
Coffee was the largest growing trend that year, cold brew specifically. Chameleon just had sold for like $70 million within a year. And I was like, oh my God, this, this space is so hot. Amazon put out that ready to drink breakfasts were like the fastest growing thing on their web store. And I was like, this, this accomplishes all of those things. And it's going towards this thing called keto, which was starting out, you know, five, six years ago. And, and I was like, so I just DM them and I was like, look guys, I know you didn't get money. I have, you know, I have some money, like, let's make a deal. And I flew out to New York and we made a deal and, you know, that company was doing, you know, sub a million and now they're doing a hundred. So, you know, same with, with liquid IV, you know, at the time hydration was one of the fastest growing. It still is, I think the second fastest growing, you know, category when it comes to to food and Bev and, and CPG trends and liquid IV did a really great job of branding itself as the healthier Gatorade, but in those, you know, sachet, like powder forms and the direct consumer margins were amazing when you didn't have to send a beverage and it wasn't heavy and the shipping costs were so low and their margins were astronomical. So that was like, and Brandon had been doing it for years and years and years before he finally gained traction. Like he'd he'd been CEO of the company for like a decade in the first six years, he he didn't break a million dollars. And then it went from like a million to 20 to 50 to hundred to 200. And they sold it. Was it Unilever? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. So that was a, another great one. And we've had, you know, tons of different great bets, but, but I don't, you know, I don't, it's my firm is me, myself and I, and I really bet on people that I, I think that are, you know, great hungry entrepreneurs. And I would say 99% of my bets have been on entrepreneurs that are under the age of 30. So yes. it's always trying to help other people that are my age, that are, that are going after customers that are similar and that have mass market appeal and are just going to work like hell. Makes sense. And so I got to ask, what's next? What, what, how do you want to, how do you foresee this building out? I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of investing. Oh, man. You're doing a, actually, to take before we get to that question, talk about the acting side, because you've actually balanced an incredible investing career and you finished college, you've been investing great, but you've also got acting's taken off for you too, correct? As you just said, you're in Atlanta for seven months. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Atlanta right now working on this mini series called Staircase for HBO. It's a... The cast is mind-boggling. You know, Colin Firth is is the main character. Michael Stuhlbarg, Sophie Turner. There's there's tons of people in this, and it's based on the true documentary that was that was a major hit for Netflix called Staircase. It was this kind of murder crime mystery and about a girl being you know found dead at the bottom of the staircase, and and then just this whole crazy story unravels. And so it's a it's a really awesome project, and it's great to work with such kind of acclaimed actors and actresses for HBO. And yeah, so the film career has continued to, to kind of blossom. And it's really, people always, when I go on calls, they're always like, you know what, you know, the business thing, the film thing, like you're so 50-50, like just choose a career path. And I always think, you know, like Simon Sinek is one of my my mentors and, and we always go on walks and talk about this. And and he's always, you know, saying how, how people in America and the capitalistic society, they're so focused on what you do, what you do, what you do, and you need only have one job and go towards that. And he always words everything. And what we work on is like, where is it you're wanting to go? And then these are the ways that are helping you get there. So for me, I always think that this, this, you know, film is helping to continue to build my, my brand presence, the, my, my identity, my name and everything. And it's making the side of the business a lot more streamlined and a lot easier for me to continue and to, to utilize my kind of brand identity as it grows to, to, to position myself into getting better deals and to getting certain warrants or advisory shares. And I get to use my, my platform to help market and to, to do testing and R&D with customers. And 
there's so many things that are that that go together that people don't think of so and in my last film that was on netflix moxie you know we got to put a whole you know we had a whole scene where we're walking through the grocery stores and i just did brand placement all over the place i had super (laughs) coffees i had this massive super coffee blow up thing that was right there and i had so many texts when that movie came out like dude you're so ridiculous i can't believe you put all that brand placement in there and i was like I, I got to well, take advantage of the, of the yeah. situation. So, but yeah, the, the film side is really growing and I'm super proud of that. And, you know, but I, I'm very kind of clear that I never, I'm not just going to choose film and leave out the business side. And my dad told me that at a young age, he said, look, the film thing is it's a roller coaster. You can work every day like I am for seven months. And then you cannot work every day after that for another seven months. So make sure you have things that you're really passionate about besides the film side. And also, you know, you'll shoot for 30 minutes and then you'll have a 30 minute break and you'll shoot for an hour. Then you have an hour break, it's, you know, stuff like that. So you can do this in between. You can bring you and I have a little desk and set up here in my trailer. So, nice. it, you know, there's a, it's a nice marriage, at least for, for me. And you're doing real estate as well, right? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I, you know, I have one, I've, I've done a few projects and this is right now in Santa Monica is my first ground up or basement up project that I've been, been doing and the interest rates were just so low and and it's been a really interesting learning experience because I got totally screwed on the lumber prices and and you know so many things on the supply chain of things got screwed up with COVID and I've had to order things you know 10-12 weeks in advance and then storage costs for certain you know windows and doors and you know it's still going to go great I think it's still going to be a great return because that area is so hot and, and the real estate market has gone up but it's, it's been a fun learning experience yeah no that's all and so anything else going on that we haven't talked about currently because then we'll get into the next question <laughs> no no i think you, you mentioned like what's next and i and yeah, i really exactly. when i was in my early 20s it was like i really wanted to utilize my 20s to make sure and to establish this idea that that i wanted to to find certain brands that i could kind of work with to really grow. And I wanted to, to, to show that this better for you health and wellness space and sector was something that was viable, that there really was going to be this massive trend change that Americans specifically were going to start looking for foods and beverages and, and, and snacks and, and vitamins and uh, nutritional supplements, everything that was better for you, cleaner for you. And that started to really happen. So now that I have those certain wins under my belt, the next thing is, is really during my 30s is going to really build, a, build out a team. And, and, you know, I've been talking with Super Coffee Brothers about that and, and figure out how can we no longer just invest and help early stage companies grow, but now how can we put together a team that can really help these young companies and help from the operational side, the supply chain side, the marketing side, be kind of a hub and really grow all them. So that's kind of what's next and, and really excited about that. Yeah, no, I think the operational investor is just the way to do it. I was just talking to another guy that's in a bunch of consumer brands that you should meet if you don't know him already. But we were same thing. Like he's had, you look at his portfolio, it's like 20 very successful consumer brands. And it's like, okay, so at some point you're not lucky. Like you've done yeah. something different. And what it is, is he, yeah. he comes from consumer. He's got an operational, he's got a lot of strategic advantages. So he knows how to pick it, but then he knows how to help it. And that's just huge. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I felt I've really learned. And that's, you know, we're starting our, our, our first company out of our, out of our new firm to do that, which is, you know, I've talked to you about, it's called Mosh, which is a company that looks to educate consumers on what they eat and drink impacts their brain health. And, you know, that's going to be our first company aligned with my mother, Maria Shriver, who works for the Alzheimer's Association and started the women's Alzheimer's movement. So it'll be a B Corp. It's going to give back to, 
to uh, the women's Alzheimer's movement. And, uh, you know, our first product is a brain bar, a snack protein bar with, with low, you know, one gram of sugar, 12 grams of protein, and then a bunch of brain healthy ingredients and nootropics in it. And, you know, cognitive decline and brain health is the, the, this last year was the fourth fastest growing segment in CPG and keto was still number two. So we're hitting two of the top four trends. And, and our goal is to really build out a whole plethora of products that all go towards brain health. So how do we get customers to think about their brain and their body when they're drinking their hydration, when they're eating their protein bars, when they're eating their snacks, when they're having their, their powders or, or whatever. So, you know, that's going to be our, our first real go at it. And then we're going to continue to do that in other sectors that are are in the trend space that are growing into the top four. Makes sense. That's awesome. And so last question for me, what's one piece of advice you either received or wished you received that you want to share with someone that's getting started, trying to figure out how to pursue their dreams, how to get going after it? Oh man, what's, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I feel like, I mean, that's probably one of the things I'm most fortunate about to have my dad is he's, he's really like for me. And I know for a lot of people, one of the most motivational people to have kind of always squawking in my, my ear. Sometimes it's, it's a lot, but it's, you know, he's, he's just always there kind of reinforcing and motivating me to become better and to try to really go after my dreams and everything. But yeah, I was going to say, think- is there any line that he told you or something that's always stuck with you that I, I learned, my dad was a successful entrepreneur and gave me a lot of advice that like has things that he didn't even realize were things that stuck with me. Like he said it in passing half-assed, but it's like something that's completely life-changing for me. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> friends all have a joke because he'll say like, he's so annoying when like, if he'll invite you to lunch, and he'll always have some snark comment. And the one comment he always says to us, to me and to my friends, when we go to lunch with him or when we're in, you know, some Valley, Idaho, and we're skiing. And he's always like, he always kind of just looks at us and he'll usually have a cigar and he'll look at us and he'll just be like, just remember, while you guys are here enjoying the vacation, someone else is in the library studying. Someone else is at their work office and, and doing the work so that they can get ahead of you. And we're like, really? Like, we're just trying to relax for a minute. And he's like, I just want you to know that. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. I'm going to go back and, and get but, some work done now. So. Just real quick, I have a similar one where when I started, I came out of college and went into real estate and I was the first one in the office, last one out. It was in 2008 when the whole industry collapsed, but I was still oh, yeah. grinding, trying to make something happen. I called my dad and was like, yeah, you know, I'm grinding. I'm in the office at 6 a.m. every day. I'm leaving, you know, sun's already down. I'm locking up the office with, you know, 50 other brokers gone before me. And he's like, 6 a.m. He's like, what's wrong with 5 a.m.? Yeah, that's something my dad would say too. That's exactly. Or or sometimes, like on the weekends, he'll purposely like FaceTime me at like 6 a.m. or something, and I'll answer, and he'd be like, "Uh huh, just wanted to check if you're awake," and then that's it. And I'm just like, "Thanks, like really." It's nice to have, man. Sometimes that outside motivation is needed. I know it's good to have it intrinsically, but it it, It, that push can help. It is. It is. It is. But I think you know, my dad is one of the things he's always said to me. And that he's a big believer in is that he's not a self-made man and that you always need to find somebody that can help propel you and get you to, to your dream place and to surround yourself with people that expect more out of you and that push you to become your best, you know, and he kind of always uses the reference, whether that's in business, whether that's in film, whether that's with, you know, in the gym. And he always would say, you know, it's so interesting how if I were to go to the gym and try to do bench press today by myself, I can only lift this much but when i have my partner there that's rooting me along or there for the spot and just barely helping it up you can factually you can lift more 
Yep. You know, it, it does something to your mindset and, and there's kind of that safety net of someone right there. So he's always a big believer of finding someone and finding your friends and different people that you can surround yourself with. And there's, you know, the famous quote of show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So he's always a big believer in that and finding people that can really kind of be your complimenting partner, as I'm sure you do now with your business. I've met your business partner. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could go on. No, that's great. No, stuff, but yeah. no, Patrick, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Hawk Talk. Yeah, man. I'm excited for it to come out. Thank you. And whoever's on here, go check out, I guess this Mosh will be yeah. launched. So go out to check out moshlife.com and get yourself some, some bars. Our first product will be out. Perfect. Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free, identify opportunities in your marketing strategy, then get you teamed up with individual experts, all month to month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered. To learn more, visit hawkmedia.com. That's hawk with an E, media.com. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.